and get this started. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, as we've made our progress through, uh, now we begin to look at the, the concept or the, the topic that Paul addresses of liberty and the things that they were encountering there at the church at Corinth. So we'll start there in verse 1 of, chap, of chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians. It says, Now as I touch things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge, and knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he know anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of these things that are offered and sacrificed unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other but God, but one. Excuse me. <clears throat> For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there be but one God, and Father of whom all things, we and him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we by him. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of, idol, uh, cons, conscience of idols, unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat, are we the better? Neither if we eat not, are we the worse? But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man sees that which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which was weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will make no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So Paul addresses here the, the um, sacrifice of idols, but he does that within reference to liberty. Well, what is liberty? It's freedom. We know that in the in the scripture that it talks about us having freedom in Christ, freedom and not being bound as though we are bound bound in the Old Testament by the law. But he uses this as an opportunity to address just a few things. He starts there with knowledge, and he says to those things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. So there's a little bit of freedom in Christ, but he says there, we have that knowledge, but don't let that knowledge lead us to, to what? To be puffed up, to be prideful, but to love, one, but to love. And love edifies, it lifts up, it causes people to be encouraged. He says there, and if any man think that he know anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. So don't, don't let your knowledge give you an opportunity to be puffed up so that you miss an opportunity to show love to your brother. He says, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. Then he goes on to address these sacrifices that we read over previously. He says, concerning therefore eating of these things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other, than, uh, none other God but one. 
And he says there, For there be that are called gods, as there are many in heaven and earth. So there are many gods and many lords. He's addressing that there's many pagan gods and many many lords, but acknowledging that there's only one God and one Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. He says, By whom are all things, and we by him. So, previously we know that under the old law that they couldn't partake of idol sacrifices. Why? Because it would defile the covenant relationship that they had um, with God. But under the freedom of Christ, they could partake of such things, but if they were knowingly offered to idols and it caused one of the weaker brothers to stumble, then they were not to partake of that. The, the purpose of that was so the purpose of that was not to abuse the freedom that we have in Christ and not to let the knowledge that we have in his flesh be an opportunity for us to stumble or to cause others to, to stumble. But it was to use those liberties so as to encourage one another so he, he goes on there and he says, the, uh, with regards to the latter verses there, on down from 7 on through 13, it is our liberty that provides a far greater opportunity to encourage and uplift one another. But he goes on down there in uh, verse 11, he says, And though through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish after they've eaten this meat, from whom Christ for whom Christ died, but when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will not eat uh, not eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I take my brother to offend. So the important part of this was is that it was for the sake of love that it causes a younger brother or, or someone that's weaker in the faith to stumble that we ought not to partake of those things. Now I'm take that a step further. I don't believe the I believe there's a little liberty there in this. But that's not just in regards to what we eat. But it's also in regards to what we what we condemn or we accept that we cause our brethren to stumble. But the purpose here is for us not to use these opportunities, this this newfound freedom in Christ to, to cause others to sin. Let's look at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. In verse 13, actually we'll read starting in verse 12. It says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us therefore judge one another uh, judge one another no longer anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stomach block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not with him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not them, uh, then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved. Of men, let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace, and the things whereof 
one may edify one another. For meat destroys not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to the, uh, to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or it is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not in faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So what was the importance there? Yes, we're all accountable to, to the Lord. We're accountable to one another. We've talked about this previously. Uh, the message in Corinthians is to the church. It's to encourage one another and to, uh, to uplift one another. He's writing the same style of things here to the church at Rome. He says, encourage, uh, asking and encouraging them to walk in love. Being concerned for one another and how it affects each other wasn't just in food. Apparently in this particular time, there was a struggle with food because a lot of it was offered to sacrifice, offered in sacrifice to idols. Um, we know particularly in this time that Greek and uh, Roman mythology was very prevalent amongst, amongst these uh, brethren, especially those that uh, regarding Egyptian mythology as well in some of those places in Corinth that was common as well as imperial worship, which was the worship of the emperor of Rome and his family. So these things that were offered for sacrifice, they were set aside for those people, were, were done so. So some of these people had struggled with separating from these things. So he's encouraging those that are stronger not to eat of these things in good conscience if it was to offend the younger. So he's encouraging them to walk according to love, being concerned with one another for the food that they eat. And if they do find error, then that offends someone not to partake of it. How often do we do things that offend our brothers and sisters that we don't think about? Or even that we cause others who might have, an, who might have a desire to serve the Lord do we cause them to stumble through things that we partake of or things that we give approval to? It should give us pause to think about what we do on our, in our daily lives. But the Lord's intention there was not to, uh, excuse me, Paul's intention rather, was not to, to cause them to have fighting over this, but it was to call it to their attention so that they could change those things and, and maybe be held more accountable in their service to the Lord. So being no longer confined by the law, it is this freedom, this liberty that we have that we demonstrate the beauty of how Christ provides a better way for us. A better way not to be concerned about those things. We're not worshiping those idols and things that they were offered to, and especially at that particular point. But if it does, did cause those brethren to stumble, then we shouldn't partake of it. <clears throat> Let's look back over at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 again. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> I 
It says uh, in verse 12, it says, but when ye uh, sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Let's look over at um, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40. Matthew 25. Let's back up. Let's see here. Let's back up there to verse 31 of chapter 25 and get the whole whole passage there. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them from another, and the shepherd as divides the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them of his right hand, Come ye, be blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. And I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. And I was sick, and ye visited me. And I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Therefore shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when shall uh, we... When saw we ye thee hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw you the stranger and took thee in and naked or clothed me? Or when saw ye the sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall ye say unto them, unto which is the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, and everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me not drink or meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me not drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, or a thirst, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, or did not minister unto thee? Then he shall say unto them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to the one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment and righteousness into everlasting life. That's a pretty pretty pointed passage of scripture there, the separation of sheep from goats. I know, particularly I know animals can be a very difficult thing, but when I think about a sheep versus a goat, I think of one that, a goat is one that's stubborn and hard-headed and does whatever it wants to do. And I think of a sheep as being more malleable and more tendable as they're, they're better natured. I know some people have tended sheep before and they have a different look at that. But but according to what I my knowledge of sheep and goats, that's kind of what I see there. But more specifically, the Lord addresses these people as those that did it. And he says, you, you did it. You tended these things, these people that were sick and hungry and thirsty and needed clothing. He says, what? He says, you receive, you receive the everlasting life. But he tells those that didn't do those things, what? They go away into everlasting punishment. Well, the contrast there is doing those things to the least of these. And in line with the scripture we read over in 1 Corinthians, it is our duty as the Lord's people to, to take care of those that are sick and ailing amongst ourselves and those that need help and need clothing. Um, not to neglect those duties. That's part of our 
that's part of our service in the Lord. But to use these opportunities in Christ, the motivation that we have, the freedom that we have to do such things, that's the point here. Christ provides us a better way in Him. So why not utilize it? Why not do those things? We have an opportunity to help our brother to overcome a sin, or we have an opportunity to help them in a dire circumstance. We need to do those things. We have that liberty in Christ. So let's turn back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And believe it or not, we're going to close with this. He goes back into verse 9. It says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see that which he has uh, hast knowledge sit at meat in an idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through the, thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when ye see, uh, you sin so again... the um, Against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make thy brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Again, the point was not to use the liberties that we have to offend those around us. We should use those opportunities to to encourage one another. But don't take the things that we have or the things that are offered to us and cause our brothers to sin. So what is it that we do with our liberty? How it, is, how it affects one another? May we be mindful of those things which cause others to stumble, whether it be in word or in the things that we do or the things that we partake in. Uh, we need to spiritually appraise those things which we do. According to scripture, do they edify, do they lift up, or do they cause us to to injure one another? Whether it be against our spouse or against our brothers and sisters in Christ, those things are things that we do struggle with. I know I do on some occasion as well. But it's the opportunity that we have in Christ to edify and uplift one another. That's all I have for you this morning. Um, Thank you for your time and attention this morning. You get 20 minutes of free time. (laughs) We'll all stand to be dismissed.